Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Yeah, we give that a round of applause. I think that's worth it. And to all the moms here, once again, um, it is my privilege this morning to be here. And I want to say thank you to Pastor Jeremy for the opportunity to be behind the pulpit here and to be with you guys on this morning. Um, it's a special day, uh, obviously, because it's Mother's Day, but it's also a special day because it's the Lord's Day. And uh, we love Sundays. We love to be in God's house. I hope you do. And I think that I love to worship. I hope you do as well. Man, I love those new songs that we've learned uh, through the last several months, last several years. And uh, I know some of them, we're still learning them. I see you guys, and we know uh, that we're learning them uh, week by week. And, and as we just learn them, learn the melody lines and sing them to the Lord, I think that's a wonderful thing. I think it's a God-honoring thing that we can praise His name, that we can sing those wonderful truths. One of the things I love about the new songs is that, man, they have some great doctrine. I love the hymns. I love uh, the hundreds of years that they've given us of great truth and doctrine. But I love the new songs as well. I love the fact that uh, we can in this church. Use all of that to lift and glorify the name of the Lord, which is the ultimate purpose for which we are here today, and uh, we are so thankful for that. But I, 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 in, in, uh, in just looking at that video, I did think about moms and uh, think about all the work. I read this this week, and it blew me away. So by the time a child is 18 years old, a mom has invested normally about 18,000 hours of child-generated work, okay? So that is uh, laundry, food, uh, you know, helping them out, taking the lunch that they forgot, uh, whatever the case may be. But 18,000 hours, that is 750 days, the equivalent of two full years of their entire life doing nothing uh, but serving those children. And if you've got more than one, just multiply that times three or four, all right? In case you're wondering why you're tired all the time, there it is, all right? There it is, 18,000 hours of work. Um, moms do an amazing job. They do an amazing work, and we're so thankful for them and thankful for what they do. Um, it reminds me, speaking of work, it reminds me of that uh, si uh, middle school science teacher who uh, was teaching about different things, and so uh, here came the quiz on uh, scientific issues, and uh, she wrote there, uh, fill in the blank. It begins with the letter M and picks things up right? And more than half of the sixth graders answered that with mother. It was a six-letter word, and the right answer was magnet, right? Uh, but all the sixth graders thought, uh, goes around picking things up. That must be mother. Uh, that must be what it is, right? Uh, no, but it is amazing, the work that they do. Uh, it, is, it is incredible. Um, I think of also the, uh, the four-year-old little girl who's having a conversation with daddy about the family and how it started and everything. And so uh, he busts out the wedding album, right? And he's going and t telling the four-year-old girl about, you know, what marriage is and how it started and all that. And so he, as she's looking at this, she, you know, in her mind, she begins to understand what took place on that day. And so she points at that picture of her, uh, you know, on that wedding day, being there in the middle of that wedding. And she said, Daddy, is that the day that Mommy came to work for us? And, uh, and uh, he said, yeah, that's the day. No, um, uh, but uh, it's a lot of work. What moms do, it's incredible sacrificial work. And, 
We celebrate you guys. We thank you for what you do. And honestly, as I think about it and as I thought about what God would have me to share today, I did think about the examples that mothers are. I thought about uh, the wonderful, amazing examples that they are and what a challenge it is to just uh, learn from them. And maybe today it's Mother's Day and, and, and you're in a place where you don't exactly have the fondest memories. And that's, you know, that is a reality of part of our world. Uh, maybe you're in a day where uh, you're missing your mom. Mom's gone this year and uh, our hearts go out to you in regards to that. Maybe you're in a day in which uh, you've been a, a solo mom for a while. And you've been working at that and we understand that that's a, a different a situation and you work extra hard. But either way, whatever the situation, must be. Uh, I pray that today will be a special day and that we will be able to honor God through what's taking place. But is my, as my mind went to uh, just the great examples that moms are, I figured, you know what? What a great opportunity to just take a few moms of the Bible and use some of their example to teach us. It's God's word. It's God's recorded truth. He leaves it there for the purpose of us to learn and grow. And that's what we're here today to do uh, is to do exactly that. Brother, Oscar, I'm so sorry. I, this light is not on. So probably the one, either it's the other one, that's the one. Um, so thank you, brother. Uh, but but so, so as we look at these moms, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the fact that God left them there, recorded for us to learn from them. And, and in different applications, obviously, we won't have time to dive deep into each one of these scenarios and situations, uh, but we will be able to kind of see some super, superficial truths uh, that on the surface we can glean from and we can learn from. And my desire is the, this reality, that, that today uh, the example is not just for every mom in here, although we're thankful for the moms and we want to, them to grow and to, and, to, and to learn, but it's for all of us. The truth of the matter is that these principles, these truths are something that no matter whether you're seven years old, you're five years old, you're 15 years old, you're 25 years old, no matter where you are in life, these examples are good for you. These examples are truth that you can apply into your life and will be helpful for you. And so my desire this morning, my heart's desire is simply through the grace of God that we would learn something together. I have some things to learn. You have some things to learn. And this morning that our time here would be profitable here this morning. So we're going to begin with a word of prayer and then we're going to jump into seeing a few examples from God's word of some moms that did some stuff that hopefully can be an encouragement to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. Father, we're going to go to several passages of your word this morning, and we thank you, Father, because all of it, as your word says, is inspired by you, and Father, it is profitable to our lives. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that uh, we would use this time wisely, that it would be profitable in growing us in your word, and that, Father, um, here this morning, your spirit would take your word. Father, your servant is incapable in my own words, in my own strength, to do and to give anything to these people that is of any value, but your spirit and your word can do a work in our lives that only you can do, and we need of you this morning. Father, amongst all the celebration and the wonderful uh, uh, thoughts towards these moms and all the things that take place, Father, your truth perseveres, and the reality of the fact that you, the God of heaven, loved us so much that you sent your son to die for our sins, that you want a personal relationship with us is something that cannot be lost on a day like today. I pray, Father, that that would be what drives our motivates our lives and our focus today. 
May you be honored and glorified. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It's amazing what the work of moms do. It's amazing because the influence they have is something incredible. Um, many, many quotes are out there that speak about the impact and the effect of, uh, of moms. You know, Abraham Lincoln spoke fondly of his mom, saying, all that I am and all that I ever will be is because of my mom. Uh, you know, some of the great achievers of this life talk about the fact that it was their mom that said these things. I, I remember that a great inventor that spoke about the fact that the teacher went and spoke to his mom and told him about what a horrible student he was and how he would never amount to anything. And she went home and he said, what did the teacher say? And the teacher said, and the mom said, you're going to be the most brilliant t uh, student that's ever walked on that campus and that you're going to be amazing not sharing with him the truth, and he went on to be one of the greatest minds of our, uh, of our lifetime. It's incredible to think of the impact that moms have, the examples that they give. They, share, they, they, they are able to influence so many, and I want you to go with me to Ruth. Ruth is where we'll begin our journey here this morning. Ruth, and in the book of Ruth, we find uh, a lady by the name of Naomi, and uh, this lady uh, is a mom. And she's a mom that's in a tough spot. She's a mom that became a widow. Man, you think about hard times, losing your husband at kind of fairly a young age. Um, still, that her children were married at the time, so she wasn't young, young, but she was still kind of young. But not only did she, did she as a mom suffer the loss of losing her spouse, but years later, about 10 years later, she suffers the loss of her two only sons, are, are, are killed as well or, or lose their life as well. And, and here this mom is in a situation and you would say, well, Pastor John, there it is. There's nothing left to do. Uh, there, there, there's an empty nest per se. Uh, there's nothing left to, to do. But what I love about our first example that we find here in Naomi, it's a mom that though she was husbandless and though she was childless, she found somebody to invest in. She found somebody to share her faith with. If you will, go with me to verse number 16. And like I said, we don't have time. But here what happens is uh, Naomi uh, is, um, is, is her children are passed away. Her husband has passed away. And, and she has two daughter-in-laws, the husbands of her uh, children, of her sons. And she tells them, look, uh, you know, I know the custom is, is that you would wait for, for another son that you could marry or that son could take care of you. And, and, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have any more sons. I'm not going to have any more children. Uh, you know what? Um, not only that, I come from uh, uh, Israel. Uh, you, guys, you ladies are Moabites. And, and so you're from a different land, a different culture. And, and, and so, um, um, you know, it's okay. If you need to go back to your land, go. Uh, I'm going to go to Israel. But you go on and make a life of your yourself. And the two ladies that are the daughters-in-laws, one is Orpah and the other one is Ruth. And it's amazing to me that in that course of that conversation, some truths are revealed. Number one, uh, they both loved her immensely. Both of them wanted to continue to be with her. And what an amazing example to be the type of person that has that kind of friendship, that kind of relationship with those around you. Uh, that you have that sort of disposition, that sort of heart and character that people want to be and are attracted to you. It's incredible that in the midst of her sorrow, 
And she speaks about that bitterness, that sorrow that was in her from her experience as she returns to Israel. She chooses to change her name uh, from Naomi to Mara, which is that bitter taste, that uh, sour feeling of what life had dealt her. But nonetheless, clearly in her life was still an example of some genuineness and some attraction some, uh, be able to be able to share that. And I find in her, in verse number 16, it says, And Ruth, this is one of the daughter-in-law, said, Entreat me not, verse 16, in Ruth 1, 16, it says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. I want us to think, first of all, in regards to the example that Naomi gives us of sharing her faith. This was a woman that clearly had shared her faith with her daughter-in-laws, with her sons, had brought them up in understanding the God of Israel, the God of, of Jacob. This understanding of who God was was something she had shared with, and it's an amazing example for us today. You know, as, as, as this daughter-in-law was wrestling with what to do with the rest of her life, one of the things that brought her to want to be close uh, to her mother-in-law and to continue life on with her was the fact that that faith, that God, was something that she had shared with her daughter-in-law. Can I challenge you, dear Christian, can I challenge me this morning to take that example of sharing our God? of sharing who and what he is to us and what he means. That in the midst of that sorrow, in the midst of that sadness, may it be something that though I'm sure there were many, many months, many, many days of hard days, waking up morning after morning and facing that difficult reality of not seeing her sons, not seeing her husband next to her, but that God that had sustained her, that God that had been put in her life was something that she shared around her and so much so that her daughter in law said, I want your God to be my God. You know, she easily could have said, the God of, your, of our family, the God of your sons, the God of your husband. But no, she says to her mother-in-law, she says to Naomi, your God to be my God. Something personal about her. There was something in her that she had shared that meant something. It was a fleshing out a reality in her. Oh, Philemon challenges us in the same way. Philemon chapter 1 and verse number 6 says this, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Oh, may God allow us to effectively communicate that faith, that God uh, uh, portion of our life, that he is truly something in us and a part of us that is significant. May it be something that we share. What did Naomi, what do we learn from Naomi? We, we learned that Naomi shared her faith. She shared her faith. We find a sharing faith. But not only that, let's go on to the next book of the Bible, which is Samuel. And we find another great mom, another great example. We find in verse number nine of Samuel one, we find this. So Hannah rose up early or rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. So we know that Eli's in the temple. So when, when Hannah rises up, she's going to the temple and she was in bitterness of soul. 
soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Man, some important phrases we find there in the midst of, once again, difficult circumstances. We don't have time to read the whole thing, but uh, the, uh, the, there's a, a situation where literally here's a, a lady that's asking, praying for a child, and we're going to learn about that here. But, but she's been gone for a while. She's been doing this for a while, pleading to God for a while, and nothing has happened. And yet we find her there continually. It says in verse number 11, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look unto the, on my affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, and wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. We learn from Naomi that she shared her faith. She shared her God. We learn uh, here this morning, we learn from Hannah that there was a woman seeking after God. She was seeking after God. Isn't it amazing, moms? Uh, isn't it amazing that, uh, you know, uh, all of us, all the rest of us, we, we, we were not given that superpower that moms have. You know, uh, I, I learned this very early on. I would go into my closet and mom would say, wear the blue pants. And I would open the door of my closet and I know for a fact that those blue pants were not there. I looked high, I looked low, but somehow when I told my mom, mom Mom, those blue pants are not there. She would come to the closet and magically those blue pants would appear somewhere there, right? Uh, the amazing giftedness of moms of finding stuff that they seek after the rest of us just do not have. And we learn from Hannah the ability to seek after God. This was a woman who had a great need. She wanted a child. She wanted something special of God. But the example that we find is truly somebody who was seeking after God. She ultimately was seeking to be able to give to God, to be able to do something for God, and she was seeking after God. We find it, it prayed unto the Lord. We find it that she spake before the Lord. She prayed before the Lord. She spake in her heart unto the Lord. She poured out her soul before the Lord. This was a woman who was seeking after God. Here on this Mother's Day, may I challenge all of us, because we can all learn from this example of this mom today. That we would truly seek after God. Oh, how many times have we given up after praying one time and we're like that child who opens a closet and doesn't find it and says, oh, well, it's not there. Uh, but here, this mom gives us the example of that persistency, of that perseverance, of that seeking and seeking and seeking. Oh, Jeremiah speaks of that truth. Jeremiah 29 and verse number 13 says the following. Jeremiah 29. thought I had marked it. Did not mark it. Give me just a second. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your hearts. What a great example of this mother. Uh, what a great example for us to follow, to have a seeking heart. Oh, there was a woman, there was a mom that shared her faith. There was a mom who gave an example of seeking. Oh, this is so important for us to realize the importance of seeking after God. But not only that, we find more examples. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. And we find one of the most well-renowned moms of all time. It's a mom by the name of Mary. And she was the mother of one Jesus of Nazareth. 
And it's incredible when you find some examples, oh, there's probably series, entire series that could be given about the example of Mary. But obviously, this morning, I'd like us to look at one specific area. We find a mom that was sharing her faith. We find a mom that was seeking after the Lord. But then we find a mom, Luke 1 and verse number 38. This is the dialogue between Gabriel and Mary. It's the first time that this angel comes and shares with this young mom uh, that she, one, is going to become a mom. And number two, that uh, she has found favor with God and there's a special calling upon her life. And here we find that uh, there is this dialogue of this weight of responsibility placed upon her and I'm sure many moms here this morning can identify with that first time the first time you see those two little blue lines or that pregnant sign there right it's that first time that you get home from the hospital and you uh, undo the car seat those of us that were in the last 25 years because before we just throw them in the back seat but uh, uh but uh, put them there in the car seat and you're like this one's this is all mine and I've got to make sure he stays alive, she stays alive, and that everything's okay. That weight of responsibility was placed here in this occasion on Mary. And verse number 38 drives home this point, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be unto me according to thy word. Be unto me according to thy word. I want us to not only see this among these moms an example of sharing your faith, of seeking after God, but we see an example of a surrendered life, a surrendered life. Oh, what an impactful reality as that weight of responsibility of being the mother of Jesus, of, of, of mothering the child that was known and will become known as the Son of God, the Messiah. Oh, uh, this was a godly woman in the song that is to follow here in this passage. She will sing about many truths of the Old Testament. Clearly, she was not biblically illiterate. She was uh, biblically uh, and theologically grounded. She knew what, what it was and who God was. And here in the midst of that, situation she realized all that was being placed upon her and yet she we find the example of a surrendered life a surrendered life dear friend can i challenge us this morning from this mom can I challenge us this morning from this example of a mom who realizing the weight of the spiritual implication upon her was willing to be surrendered you know Paul would speak about this later to all of us Christians you see, in Romans 12, 2, he says that we are not only to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, but that we are to, to be transformed by the power of God and surrendered to him. Surrender to him. Romans 12 tells us that we should be able to put our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. What a great example from a mom named Mary you know there's a lot of spiritual implication in our lives there's a spiritual calling on every single one of us within the sound of my voice this morning that says there is a spiritual responsibility placed upon us and I wonder how many of us have followed the example of Mary and said be unto me as I be unto me according to thy word here is Mary behold the handmaid of the Lord the servant of the Lord she was willing to put her life on, that sac on the altar of sacrifice to say, I am surrendered to what you want in my life. James 4 talks about that same reality in our lives. In James 4, it says this in verse number 10, I believe it is. 
James 4.10 says this. It says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Be willing to put yourself down at the altar to humble yourself and to say, hey, this is what you want from me, Lord. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to sacrifice myself. I'm willing to surrender all that I am. Moms know about sacrifice. On a day like today, moms know about surrender. When your mind goes to that, uh, if you had the privilege like I did of having a mom that exemplified that sacrifice and that surrender, may we use that example, may we transition, may we take Mary's example, may we transition it, may we apply it to our spiritual responsibility today. You know, there's a great church that God is doing great things and we happen to be blessed to be a part of it. But you know that there's a great need for more surrender. You know that there's a great need for more people who are willing to put their lives on the altar of surrender and to say to God, God, I am your servant. Do with me as you will. What is it that you want from me? I'm willing to do. God has given us, uh, his children, the responsibility of sharing our faith, uh, of being able to take his, uh, his truth, um, which in the New Testament was known as the gospel, right? The life, death, uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we look at that gospel, that truth, that transforming reality that the God of heaven came, sent his son so that the sins of the world could be forgiven, he has placed that responsibility on us. Go ye into all the world world and preach the gospel. He tells us about that responsibility. I wonder how many of us are surrendered to that reality today. I wonder how many of us are answering maybe not the appearance of that angel Gabriel, but one better, the spirit of God living inside of us who has given us spiritual responsibility given us talents, gifts, abilities for us to use to be able to be a, a, a equip, an equipping partner in the work of God. And I wonder how many of us are surrendered to that reality. You guys with me this morning? Some things we're learning from moms. Some things we're learning from these great examples. Oh, I'm sure every one of us here that we could share something from our mom that we learned. Uh, there's uh, perhaps uh, uh, some peculiar, uh, certain peculiarities about our mom that we learn. But man, these moms have left some spiritual truths for us to glean from, for us to learn from. A mother-in-law that shared her faith. A barren mom that was looking and seeking after God. A very, very young mom that was placed with a weight of responsibility, of spiritual responsibility who is willing to be surrendered and used for God. You say, how does all that unravel? How does that happen? Well, it's funny because it's amazing that the gospel begins, <laughs> the story of the gospel begins in between two moms. Did you realize that? <laughs> because in this very same passage of Luke, we find another mom. If you go with me there on in verse number 41, it says this. Uh, well, let's start in verse number 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. This would be John, right? And here, John, who was in his mom's tummy, leaped because of a special bond that was happening. 
And it says in verse number, at the last part of verse number 41, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Oh, can I tell you something? That in that initial phase of the gospel beginning and the gospel reality being fleshed out here on this earth, it was two moms. Here was Mary. Here was Elizabeth. Here was a surrendered mom. And here was a spirit-filled mom. Can I tell you what a great example? A spirit-filled mom. Here was somebody who, again, we find later on throughout her life uh, in the conversations that are to follow that this was a mom who knew the Old Testament, knew the scriptures, knew the God of the Bible, knew, knew the God who was going to send his Messiah, who understood the reality of the great hope and expectation of mankind was being fulfilled through Jesus who was in the womb of, of Mary. She was a spirit-filled lady. And I tell you, each one of us, whether you are a mom here or not, we have some great things to learn from these great examples. Uh, you, you know, when we think about that reality, go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Go with me with Ephesians chapter 5. It gives us a, a commandment in Ephesians 5.18. It says this in Ephesians 5.18, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Oh, in that same book of Ephesians, we talk about the putting off and the putting on. And, and here we find the same truth revealed in Galatians and in other portions. And, and can I tell you, in all of that work, what is emphasized, what is stressed, is the Spirit-filled, Spirit-controlled life. And what a great example we have through this mom, Elizabeth. A Spirit-filled woman. And God was able to use, when you think about the child that was in her tummy and the child that was in Mary's tummy and all that that meant for the gospel reality that was going to unfold, I'm thankful for the example of a spirit-filled mom. Can I challenge us this morning? Can I challenge us with the reality that Paul challenged the Christians years later and who, as he wrote the New Testament, it would stress this reality for all the Christians that were going to follow in God's preserved word to find that reality, to find that excitement, to find that need of being spirit-filled and spirit-controlled. And what an incredible reality to find that one of the first examples we find in the New Testament is of a spirit-filled mom. And I challenge us this morning, are you learning from these moms? Are we implementing these truths from these moms? Are you the kind of mom, Christian, that is sharing your faith? You know, there's co-workers that need to know about the God of the Bible that loves them. You know, at that family gathering this afternoon or, 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 or this next weekend or this next week, uh, there's family members that need to know about the God of the Bible. And God has placed you in their lives so that you can share that truth. Naomi was a mom that shared her faith. You know, there's some needs, some burdens, some extra weight upon your life. And you know what? It's a great example for you to be in the middle of that circumstance to have a seeking heart after God. Much like we see from Hannah. A mom who said, yes, I want this from the Lord to give them back to the Lord. But if you look at the passage, what she was truly doing was seeking after the Lord. She was seeking after the only one that could satisfy her need. The only one that could bring fulfillment to her. She sought after the Lord. She was seeking God.
May that be a challenge for us today, to seek after God. May we live lives that are surrendered like Mary to the spiritual responsibility that is placed on our life. And may we do it all under a spirit-controlled life because that is the only way we can accomplish it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your truth this morning. Father, some great examples that you have left us in your word of these moms that did some amazing things. And Father, on a day like today when we celebrate the gift of motherhood, Father, there's much for us to learn and implement in our lives. Father, the, our earthly mothers may, may have been a reflection of what you wanted may not have been. But we thank you that in your word, they, there is some examples for us to follow. And every single person here can learn from mom and can implement this tr these truths so that we can leave from this service with the challenge that with your help and with your spirit guiding us, we can seek after you, we can share our faith, we can surrender fully to be used by you. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just help every one of the listeners on this special day. Thank you for your word and your spirit can, that can do the work. Every head bowed and every eye closed today. Uh, my, my message is very simple. It's very straightforward, but I just want to challenge you here, listener. You say, Pastor John, in my life, there's truly some areas in which I, I'm really not sharing my faith the way I should. I've learned from Naomi this morning that, man, I can do a better job of sharing my faith. Maybe there's some burdens on your heart. Maybe there's some challenges in your life. And, man, you've been looking in many places, but you haven't been seeking after God. You've been seeking for a solution to your problems, but you've not been seeking after God. And Hannah shows us it's seeking after God that matters. Maybe you've been feeling the weight and responsibility of spiritual realities in your life and Truthfully, you haven't come to that point of surrender of saying, God, what do you want of my life? I'm willing to do it. Here's the handmaid of the Lord. Do unto me according to thy word. Whatever you say, God, I'm going to do it. I'm surrendered. Maybe this morning you'd say, Brother John, I'm just not spirit-filled. Truthfully and honestly, I've not been filled with the spirit in my life the way I should. But God's spoken to my heart. I don't know what area of this message, maybe it's one of those four areas, or maybe it's something totally different, but God has spoken to your heart this morning about some realities that you say, Pastor John, would you just pray for me? God has worked in my heart this morning, and I want to make some decisions in my life. Would you slip your hand up and write back down? I'd like to pray for you, Christian. God bless you. God bless you. Christian, amen. God bless you. God bless you. In all the auditorium, God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else that says, that's me. Anybody that this morning would say, Pastor John, I, I can't be spirit-filled because I've never accepted Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of my sins. The Messiah has not done the work in redeeming my heart from my sins. And this morning, I need to be surrendered in giving my life to him to become my Lord and Savior because I've never done that. Is there anybody in here this morning that says, I've never been saved, but I'd like to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved this morning. I'd love to pray for you and to know that you can know for sure that God is your Savior and you are on your way to heaven. Anybody like that this morning? Then I leave that invitation to you. If you've never made that decision, that you would make it.